0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Cutting the Curd is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? For more information, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Anne Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Anne Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Anne Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network.
3: It's a lovely afternoon here at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and we are recording another episode of Cutting the Curd. If you're listening to the Her- Heritage Radio Network, you can tune in to Heritage Radio Network at heritageradionetwork.org to listen to past episodes of Cutting the Curd and a whole host of other wonderful foodie programs. So definitely check, check out the site. I'm here today with my co-host, Greg Blaze. Hello there. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> and I'm also here in studio with Chris George, who is the founder of Cheese Journeys.
4: Hello,
3: on. <laughs> Hello, Chris. And we have on the phone with us today uh, Sue Sturman, who is a uh, frequent guest, a returning guest. And we're going to be talking today about cheese travel. Um, Sue, are you with us?
5: I sure am. Hi, everyone. I'm sorry I'm not there.
3: That sounds like a real fun group. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, and not too out. shabby. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're going to talk about cheese travel today. Um, both you, Sue, and Chris have taken this passion of... Um, Learning about cheese, traveling and learning about cheese, and really turned it into a career for yourselves. And um, I think that that's I something. I know I've been
5: watching. I've been watching online what what uh, Chris and Anna have been up to, and I'm I'm excited about what your your project.
4: Uh, we're pretty excited as well. It's 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 taken a long time to get it to where it is, um, but it was born out of a, well, just just to take people closer to the cheesemakers. I think more than anything else. I think you probably know as well. One of the best things we get to do in his business, and Ann knows this as well, and I guess absolutely. we all do, is uh, visiting cheesemakers, meeting the people who make it, I think that's the best part of the job, and if you can get other people to do that, or give them the opportunity to do it, then that's a great thing, and it makes them appreciate the, the product a lot more as well. So,
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's very interesting talking about that. I feel like... Um, I want to ask you both, actually, Sue and Chris, I mean, I feel like when when you guys were coming up, and I feel like it was the same for Greg and I, if you wanted to learn about cheese and travel and learn about cheese, there was no good way to do it other than just kind of... Figuring it out and going yourself, um, Always. maybe making some yeah. awkward phone calls to cheesemakers, hoping that somebody would be willing to host you.
4: I was kind of lucky because I got the people at Neil's Yard Dairy to make awkward phone calls. It might be hard. And I just, <laughs> and I just yeah, went and, along and, and, and met the people. So, I, I, I was in a privileged position. I didn't appreciate it so much then as I do now. But I was very privileged to get to do some of the things I did for sure.
5: That's great. Yeah, uh, and I and I've had uh, some some great connections as well. I remember in I think it was twenty twelve. Um, I decided to head over to Paris, and this was before I had a formal association with Mons. In fact, it was this trip where my association with the Maison Mons really sort of grew out of a conversation with Hervé during this trip. But I decided to go over to Paris because I missed Paris <laughs> and wanted to interview um, a- a cheesemongers in Paris about their take on American artisanal cheese. And I had lived in Paris, but I was hadn't lived there for, you know, fifteen years and and you know, hadn't didn't still have those contacts that fresh. So I contacted Hervé, and he set up interviews for me with he, he gave me the, the, the contacts and I set up the interviews with, you know, the Mayor of de France cheesemongers in Paris and it was it was funny. You know, walking in these people didn't know me and uh, you know, were willing to meet with me. So having connections is um is is pretty great and i think and and that's i think what what chris you and i can offer is that you know offer those out to a greater a greater number of people and make that access a little easier
3: yeah i think as our community grows larger especially as more people sort of get into cheese um as enthusiasts or as professionals um you know there's just more and more access needed um so to, to sort of make that leap from being interested to actually traveling and learning, it's wonderful that you guys have these um, structures now set up for people. Um, I think,
4: and I think the more, the closer you are to the production of the food, the more you appreciate the food that you eat. And I think that's bec- becoming more apparent to people more aware of that now these days. And I think, you know, it really does. If you see, if you've been to a place and seen a piece of cheese being made or whatever it is, when you eat that piece of cheese, it, it fires your synapses in ways that it doesn't when it's just an anonymous piece of some, something on a counter in or, a box, or in a packet or whatever up. it is. Yeah, And actually, it, it's little things like that can really it, – it enhances people's lives in many ways, I think. It's a great thing. When you say as the yeah. industry
1: grows and more people need access, I think it makes a lot of sense to have people as not gatekeepers, but there needs to be – you don't want a million people calling no. the one person. You know, you need to group them together and get one person together, bringing them together to meet the producers. I, I, I have to say idea. I'm
4: very conscious of that with, with what I've done with Cheese Journeys uh, and Anna, you're my partner as well, um, simply because, um, you know, it isn't a tourist industry. These are working farms. Exactly. These are working people. You have to respect that fact. And I don't want people trips, hordes of people trips. No. Crew. We want small groups, you know, just a, once or twice a year. And also I want to remunerate Those people for allowing us to visit as well, because if you can give somebody say 300 pounds sterling, you know, um, for a two-hour visit, that's a lot of money to a small farmer. So actually, they're gaining something from it, and um, yeah, I I want everybody to win in that relationship. So yeah,
5: uh, and the other side of it is when you're not when you're dealing with you know, bringing people who speak one language into an environment where it's a different language. It's not only taking care of the producers, which is, of course, you know, important and, and, and you know, that's already been talked about, but taking care of the, the customers, the, the clients, who, you know, may not know the infrastructure, who, you know, may not know who to contact and how to get there and how to get around and the currency and the electricity. And, you know, I get... I get emails and calls all the time. Can you set me up to do an internship with a French cheesemaker? Well, no. Yeah. You don't speak French. They don't speak English. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just—it's not gonna. It—it doesn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, trying to bridge these gaps. It, it, you know, these sort of. Those of us that love travel and that love putting people together, I think this is a it's, it's, a, it's a it's a fun thing to do. Yeah.
3: Now, can we touch a little bit? Um, Chris mentioned, you know, um, three hundred pounds sterling. It's just a number, you know. But you know, the cost of 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 you know putting these things together is not small. No. Um, and I know that sometimes when people look at a price tag for a trip. They're, they can be a little... You know, they can be large price tags and because you're... Like you said, you know, the virtuous cycle kind of includes... It includes you who are planning the trip and putting your time in. It includes the travel. It includes remunerating the person who's going to be giving you the tour and showing you around their farm. Can you talk a little bit about the cost and kind of what um, what goes into... What's the value that you're getting for this, this kind of a trip?
4: Um, do you want to go first, Sue, or shall I...
5: Um, well, I think... uh, Sure. I guess I'll go first. Um, We're just starting out on this. We just announced that we're going to be organizing these um, sort of professional level gastro-tourism, whatever we call it. Um, And and we're really pitching ours to professionals, not, not pure cheese enthusiasts. And it's so far... What we've got planned is, and what we're thinking about is, is strictly around cheese. Um, and uh, what I'm trying to do to keep one of the things to keep the cost low is to group the the events around other events um, that people might be traveling to anyway, so that they can amortize their airfare a little bit better. Um, you know, I'm sure that we'll be doing something associated with. Um, um, cheese in bra in 2016. Um, we, I'm looking at working with the School of Artists and Food and doing something around the uh, Science of Cheese Symposium in August. Um, so there are a number of ways that we can do that so that it's an add-on to something you're already planning to do. Mm. Um, and that's one way to make it a little bit more accessible for people.
3: That makes a lot of sense. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Chris, do you have any comments as far as the cost of these things go?
4: Um, I have to say, I, I feel, I, was, I like to be able to make it as accessible as possible. The thing we're doing right now is we're actually offering something, which is a little bit, it's, more, it's quite top end. We were staying at North Cadbury Court, Jamie Montgomery's family home. You know, which mm. is a great place to stay, yeah. but it's a big family home. You know, it's, it, does, it doesn't come super cheap, but at the same time, it offers you access to something that you would, you would not get otherwise. At the same time, we're also, I mean, part of, the, of what we get goes towards the DCTA to help support cheese professionals in this country sure. to go do stuff. And yeah. also we're offering our first prize uh, for the Cheesemonger Invitational as a free trip to Cheesemongers. So, this one in June? This uh, one coming yeah, up? Yeah, oh, that should wow. be the first one. And we're oh, going to keep great. on doing that. So, and that includes the airfare. So we're going to sort of so that almost the, the Daphne um, philosophy, but, but but also put on the on the cheese monger as well. So that gives. I think it's great for them to get cash prize, but I think the opportunity to travel, which a lot of cheese don't get to do, yeah. is fantastic. And I'd like to get cheese uh, professionals involved as well on some level, just because I think. It changes the dynamic of the group if you have cheese professionals involved as well. And I think the, you know, the, the, the people who are not in the food industry, the cheese industry, get a lot more out of it if they're surrounded by people who do work in the industry because there's an, almost an osmosis there. And you can I discuss, and, you know, I think, I think there's, there's a lot to be said of not just sitting down in a classroom but actually just talking to people, you know, seeing things, experiencing things firsthand. I think that you can't put a, a price or a value on that's how you that grow your community. I mean, in reality, yeah, that's how exactly. that's how it really happens. Yeah, and I think for people like Jenny Montgomery, he he's quite thrilled to have us travel there as well. Sure, and he'd like yeah. to have cheese professionals come as well because it, as it, as a as somebody as a cheesemaker, uh, a very passionate cheesemaker. Sure, you know, uh, spreading the words is is it's huge. It's, it means it means a lot to him. Mm-hmm. You know, especially because to, to the American you know market as well because he sells a lot of cheese in the American market, but he's 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 removed from that so the more contact he can get with people in america the better and i think sending back educated customers clients it is important as well you know i think there's a value in that yeah, um, so.
1: yeah. absolutely One, whenever i traveled and i and i got to see uh faces you know i got to put faces to the names on accounts mm. you know that i that i bought purchased cheese from you know it just everything just became different for me yeah. uh the way that i handled the product you know the way the way that I that I thought about purchasing it, mm. it's you know you're always trying to show the maximum amount of courtesy to <clears throat> to the people and the products, but it just becomes different when you're when you get that FaceTime for me anyway. That, I don't know if that's the same. I, for have you. To, I
4: have to say I was lucky with the Ozards because yeah. they're all about getting staff and customers, sure. at, at, you know, in contact with the cheesemakers. Because I remember the first time uh, Randolph Hodgson and I set off in a van to uh, Somerset, you know, and we went to Duckett's. Uh, that was when Chris Duckett was alive, making yes. Duckett's Cafilli And uh, we went to his farm, and he's there making cheese. And I go out to the back, and in the garage in the back, there's his mother hand-patting the butter. Amazing. Putting a different pattern on the top of each day's butter so you knew what day it was made. <laughs> and so I go back to the store, wow. and then I'm selling that butter. And every time I look at the top of this patch of butter, I have an emotional attachment to it. Of course. And then I can't help but enthuse to the customer Then they're yeah. enthused... Yeah. And everybody's winning, and it's it's a wonderful. I sorry, I got goosebumps there. Talking me about
2: me
5: too.
4: That that there in a mongering. nutshell is what I'm talking about. It seems yeah. so simple, well, so but so much
5: cheese mongering really is the story and the romance mm-hmm. and the connection, and and so mongers, you know, in the states certainly have really tapped into that in an enormous way, and um, to, you know when when they have the opportunity to get out and. Um, and and do what you did, Anne. You know, back in your cheese by hand days, um, and and you know, go around and 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 you know, do a blog and um, and connect with people. Um, I think it really enhances everything for their for their clients.
4: I think, Absolutely. I think as well the thing about the American market and the U.S. is that, you know, uh, um, the history is is in europe i mean i think the history of american cheese making and i mean brewing as well if you think of things like that Absolutely. is like um, um it's it's a very young culture in that, is. that way and it was a very industrialized culture and i think people have had to look elsewhere for their inspiration and they've taken that kind of baton if you like and really run with yeah. it but it's nice it's the the more you can put them in contact with with uh the history of cheese making i think that the easier it is to build a strong artisanal cheese making community in in the united states and i think that's happening it's obvious you know yeah and
5: i think i actually would would say that we're starting to have a cheese history of our own it's not it's not as venerable as the european cheese history but it's very very different Mm. and um you know there's been a lot of conversation about the cheese naming issue Mm. um Mm. and you know that connects into the uh, the AOP and the PDO and the IGP and all of those abbreviations for place names and and you know I think that American cheese has quite a different story mm. than than European cheese and I think it's a really interesting story and I think that's what makes American cheese really unique is that we come for, you know and I'll be bold and say that I I don't personally think American cheese is nearly as much about terroir mm. as it is an expression of the individual cheesemaker. Mm. And it's not that, it's different. In Europe, it's really an expression of terroir. And, you know, we don't build our cheese out of the ground. We build our cheese out of our
4: heads. I, th- I think it's interesting you say that, because uh, actually, mm. I think the English cheese making, a uh, 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 craft cheese, artisan cheese, farmstead cheese, is actually closer to American cheesemaking than it is to uh, continental European cheesemaking because of things like two world wars rationing yeah. you know basically yeah. 1954 mm-hmm. I, I was born in 1970 in the northeast of England and I grew up eating cheese that came out of tubes and came <laughs> I had my share of that yeah, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and uh, basically out of plastic wrappers and basically Pre-clapsed with more consistency than, than flavor yeah. and, um, and it wasn't until say the 1970s 80s people started to go I'm going to Handmaker make a cheese I'm going to make a cheese from the milk from an animal and, and so I think it's much closer in a sense to, to American cheesemaking than it is to, to Europe, continental European cheesemaking that's very true yeah you
5: had a similar rupture
4: yeah, to exactly. our rupture yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And, a, and a reliance on, on science you know yeah. for, for food so I feel like that even creates a stronger hunger for people to learn and to travel mm-hmm. and to do these things um, although, you know, it's funny. I remember when I was in France, I lived uh, um, for a little while. Um, I, I was one of those people who, who pestered. <coughs> um, I pestered Air Bay, um, just, <laughs> just as Sue did. And I, I um, wound up uh, on a couple of different goat dairies making cheese in the Loire Valley as a, as sort of a stagiaire. And, um, even there, you know, I remember it was August when I was there. And so we would watch the news, um, around the lunch table. They parked the TV at the end of the lunch table, which wasn't very French, but (laughs) the program was so funny. They would go to a different region every day and they would profile an artisan. And oftentimes, the artisan was a food ma- a food producer. I remember they pr- they profiled a woman called Mami Moul, uh, in in Provence uh, one day, and uh, you know there were cheese makers and knife makers. And so I feel like um, in in France, anyways, it seems like sort of artisan artisan products and tourism are kind of intertwined. People people travel yeah. to seek oh, these yeah. products out, and when they are in certain regions, they know what to look for. And I think that we, we'll start to we had, see
5: more of that maybe here, hopefully. Yeah, when we lived in France, when my husband and I lived in France, um, we we would, anywhere we went, we would find stuff. We went to a wild war <laughs> farm. We went to um, a quail farm. We went to, I mean, it, you know, we kind of found, we were bicycling through, Brittany, and we ended up on an oyster farm, and we, you know, rode down little lanes on our bikes, and stopped at a at a hotel, and said, "Where's the local cheesemaker?" And they said, "Well, go this way," and we went to a local cheesemaker. You know, it was it was really. This guy was um, a retired executive from one of the great fashion houses, and he had 15 goats, and he just made his cheese,
4: and it was really fun. (laughs) That's great. That's great. I think one of the problems, one of the things about Europe, I guess, which is advantageous, is that all these things are very concentrated in a small area. You know, we go to Somerset, you know, you've got three cheddar makers within 10 miles of, of Montgomery's, you know. Um, the, I think the thing about there's some amazing stuff in the U.S., but it's almost because it's such a big country, it's a lot more. Well, that, spread out in many ways that's that's so it's, it's harder to visit lots of individual people.
1: american cheese makers and i mean american uh, cheese retailers mm. uh, i've found in my experience most of the most of the artisan product is sold in like metropolitan areas that's that's what gets its most exposure so mm. those retailers mm-hmm. don't get you're so busy you don't get the opportunity to travel as much and to mm-hmm. see I, I just think that's why yeah. what's important about
4: yeah we used to be able to get in a van I used to do it every two weeks get in a van drive west visit eight different farms, nine different farms, pick up stuff, get back to London before the sun had gone down. Yeah, the American cheese right, you can would. do that
5: if you live in Boston and you're just going to Vermont. Right. But you can't can get <laughs> right. to Wisconsin. From no, here. you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't do but that. There, you know, uh, talking about cheese travel, um, that's one of the great things that the American Cheese Society offers in conjunction with their conferences every year, is that you know the conference is in a different place every year, and they're very, very very careful to make sure that there are tours of local cheese makers and cheese retailers and and those are really great opportunities for people to take advantage of
3: that's a yeah no that is a very great point and another um cheese travel group that i wanted to be sure to mention on the show is um caputo brothers creamery um rin caputo has been a frequent guest on the show and they also host twice annual um uh trips to italy I'm very focused on italy and italian cheese and italian cuisine but uh, we should definitely give them a shout out too. I'm looking uh, we have to take a very quick break to give a nod to our sponsor, but when we come back, we'll be back with uh, Sue Sturman and Chris George to talk about cheese travel. Stay with us.
2: In the middle of a firestorm. In
1: In today's break song is by Jen Jaden and the Greenstones called "Firestorm." You're listening to "Cutting the Curd." It's
3: We are back. Uh, You're listening to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Anne Saxelby. My co-host is Greg Blaze, and today we're here talking about cheese travel with Sue Sturman, who is the director of the Anglophone program at the Academy Opus Casius, and with Chris George, who is one of the owners of Cheese Journeys, a cheese uh, travel company that does uh, exclusively cheese travel. So I wanted to ask both of you about... um, how your own traveling influences your learning and your planning of trips. I know, Chris, you just got back, you said, from Wisconsin yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, so tell us about that trip and how, how you continue to travel and kind of add to your experience and how that influences your business.
4: Um, I have to say, going to, I've never been to Wisconsin before, and obviously... It's a big dairy state. Uh, I, I'd, you realize, bet, I'd realize. I'd realize that. <laughs> I hadn't quite realized that until uh, I got there to the airport, and all you could buy was cheese hats. And things like that. Um, oh yeah. It's very interesting. It's such. It's I because it, there's such extremes there. I mean, because you have the the block cheddars, the big producers. I mean, I mean they're dominant, and actually a lot of the people who they seem... but then I had dinner with Andy Hatch, you know, on uh, making you know um, Pleasant Ridge Reserve, sure. uh, and and that's. You couldn't get more opposite ends of the scale. So it feels like, but it does feel like there's a, he works a lot with the university there. They help him a lot. Mm. And um, and talking to him, talking to people from big industry, that's enlightening as well. Because I come from a farmstead, what you'd call farmstead, I call artisanal background. So it's really interesting to see both ends of the spectrum. Um, But like I said, I think at the beginning, the more people you talk to, the more you learn. And one of the things I love about cheese uh, actually, cheese, beer, wine, fermented products across the board think, <laughs> is the, the best. You stuff. can never know everything. If you think you know everything, you may as well quit because you can never learn everything. And sure. if you think you know everything, you'll never learn anything. You know, And I think that's the beauty of it. And it, it just what thrills me is how I always come away and I feel like I've absorbed so much more information. You know, it's, it's just a brilliant thing. It's, it's a wonderful uh, opportunity. To...
3: So do you have plans to expand uh, cheese journeys into uh, some American trips
4: as well? Uh, we haven't looked into that yet. It's something I'd like to do um, for sure because there are so many interesting producers around now in America, and I think also you can do. Uh, it's it's more affordable for people as well. Mm. I, I I like to try and offer opportunities to everybody, you know, whatever the budget. That's what I'd like to do. And, I'm, and as an as a cheesemonger, I still call, call myself a cheesemonger. <laughs> Once a cheesemonger, always yes, a cheesemonger. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you cut me, it says cheesemonger all the way through, like a stick yeah. of rock. I think, but it's uh, it's it's. Um, I think um, as a cheesemonger, I know that I worked very hard and I didn't earn a fortune. If you want to be a millionaire, don't become a cheesemonger. Nope. You know? So I, I'm, I'm acutely aware of the fact that there's lots of people, the people who I most like to put in front of the cheesemakers are the people who retail the cheese because, like I said before, that, enthusiasm they gain is infectious and the customers get that as well. So I, I think I'm looking at things, I've been thinking about things just actually last night I was had an extended conversation with my wife while she was trying to go to sleep about, <laughs> um, about, about an idea I'd had about maybe using the space in England when we're there for, uh, for British cheesemongers to be able to come and stay Montgomery's and actually meet Jeremy and, 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 and sort of things like that where, and also that changes the dynamic for the people, for the non cheese people and I think it also makes it more interesting to have uh, I think the more mixed the group the more people gain from it. Yeah. Um, so but I think yeah. doing that for for the American market would be a fabulous thing as well. The more the merrier. Yeah. I'd like to be as yeah. inclusive as possible. That that's 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 that would be my ultimate goal. Yeah. yeah.
5: And and one so thing that I would think? love to do at the, at some point and I've had this in the back of my mind for a while and I it's not on offer yet everyone okay but it's okay. in the back of my stay mind. tuned <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> to to do uh, you know, to to bring French people to the states mm. to do cheese tours in the states, and you know, as well as you know, everything that I do is is cheese travel in one way or another. It's cheese travel and education because people are coming to the academy in France to Moles in France for our courses, and for them, it's cheese travel. We've got people this year coming from Australia, Korea, Canada the US and the UK so far. Um, and now we've got these programs that we're doing in collaboration with Jasper Hill. Uh, so far everyone that's enrolling in those uh, in the Jasper Hill courses is from the states, but not from Vermont. They're from mm-hmm. all over the country. And so even even our you know pretty much strict what we consider our educational programs under the Academy Opus Cassius, um label uh name um even that is it. Oh sorry that's my other phone. <laughs> <laughs> you are very popular.
4: Don't answer it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not <answering> it. <laughs>
5: it. <laughs> the um and then we're we're introducing our uh our our sort of more tourism less it's all education. It's all travel, it's all educational. But uh what we're calling that premier class
4: can I ask you a question? Is, um, that, is that for 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 non-cheese professionals, French non-cheese professionals, to come to America and visit um, uh, cheese? Makers? Well, we ha-
5: I haven't organized anything for French people to come to the States yet. It's just a it's a dream it? that, a that I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, we've got a lot of interesting projects, and and you know, I'm I'm the Academy Opus Cassius in the States. So there's only so much capacity I have. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking 2015, 2016 for something like that.
3: that I think that's great. You know, I think that it, it's very interesting that you bring that up. That that reminds me of a story. When I was in Bra this past fall, I attended one of the Neal's Yard Dairy dinners. They're these really fun dinners. They have them at this um, fun agriturismo little uh, farm slash hotel in a little town called Verduno. And essentially, Neil's Yard gathers all... um, They gather cheesemakers, they gather customers, um, friends. And um, it's kind of like, as Chris was saying, the more diverse the group, the better. And Mm. especially at this one dinner, it was literally like Jason Hines was playing like American dodgeball in gym class. Like everyone (sighs) stood in a line and he paired you off to what table you were going to sit at. And, you know, so it was, it was very like nerve wracking, you know, and I ended up getting sat at a table with all French speakers. I speak, you know, French, but not great. You know, I can get by. Um, and I was speaking with one of the uh, shop owners. He owned a shop in Paris, and he was a big supporter of Neal's Yard Dairy. And I thought, huh, how interesting, a French store mm. that's really behind British cheese. And he said to me, well, you know, he's like, I had this customer that would always come into my shop, and he would just, you know, rave and rave and rave about Neal's Yard Dairy cheeses. And so this store owner just took a leap of faith, and he decided, well, you know what? I'm going to start buying these cheeses And bringing them in, and I feel like it takes a very special person to be that first person for you, Sue, who's going to say, "I am a French person. I'm a French cheese professional, or I'm a French cheese lover, and I am going to be the one to spread the word and get people over to the states to learn about
5: cheese." Mm. And I think that we're at a point in the states where you know we actually are a, a, a justifiable. We can justifiably consider ourselves a cheese. Tourism
4: destinations. Certainly, I, I, th- I think as well. The other thing is, is about. So, I mean, it was three years today that I came to America. Actually, funnily enough, and um, oh, wow. and it's um, and we're
5: glad you did. I'm, yes. so, I, I am glad. I'm
4: sitting in a beautiful, uh, a beautiful studio with the sun shining and great, great conversations. How, how bad can it be? Um, I, I, um, I think there's a lot to be learnt from the from American approach to things because it is very much a go-get, you know, um, positive attitude, can-do. Thing And also it could be because you're not bound in tradition, I think tradition can be a wonderful thing, but it can also be a hindrance. It can also be like, it can also hold you back in many ways. I think you know, tradition is yeah. a great thing, but I think, what, what they're, they're finding their boundaries here. And I think that's and interesting I, and exciting. So. And
3: I feel like, just like you were saying before, Chris, when you say, you know, if you say you know everything, you know, you might as well quit. I feel like Americans are great at saying, I don't know anything. Yeah. I'm so excited. Teach me about yeah, everything. Sure. And that's not how most people are, no. you know. But I feel like that makes us a great uh, great candidates for, for learning about food that's
5: and about one of cheese. It's like, one of the things that Laurent is constantly thrilled and tickled by um, is the Americans that come and say I'm so excited! Of course, of course in French it has a slightly <laughs> different connotation <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: so it's amusing on that level too. Another thing that's been interesting is we've been working more and more with Australian clients um, i was uh, spent some time with some Australians who were at the American Cheese Society Conference last year in Wisconsin and they were really bowled over as As you were referring to Anne, at the openness of the Americans, at how collegial we are, that we're not sort of we're not closed and guarding secrets. We have this sense of generosity and openness in terms of sharing who we are, sharing what we're doing. Um, And yes, of course, there's you know there's politics. There's always politics. Humans are humans. But over, I'm not sure how much we Americans appreciate. What a fabulously positive, open, sharing, connected culture we have in this country, um, sp- specifically in the cheese business, um, and that's something that, um, you know, I would like to see more people from more countries come and, you know, get a taste of, and yeah. share that around.
4: I think I think it's something that I learned from years at Meals Yard actually, I think their policy, like Jason we've mentioned and Randolph and so forth, is that the more the merrier, you know I, mm-hmm. I, and I think it, getting cheesemakers together in a room to, you know, and discussing things, because if you're a cheesemaker, more often than not you've got your head in a vat, on a farm, yeah. in an isolated place you don't see the customer, you don't see the cheesemakers you know a lot about the thing that you do but not and necessarily you don't what know much about do. any other cheese Exactly, either. and so it's exciting for them, and, and the cross fertilisation it's 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 thrilling to watch when you see it happen. It's a brilliant thing. By the oh, same
1: yeah. token, that's why like, treat, travel to the cheese retailer yeah. in America is like better than ten paychecks. It's yeah. just it's what you get. Uh, like that that's what you want. Like when you're mm. at the counter, that's what keeps your people employed. The mm. access to those people, you know, and that that community, the feel that you're part of that community.
4: It's just. I, I don't think you can put a price on it. Either. You can't. It's very hard to. I it's, think it's it's another thing
1: entirely. It's yeah. worth so much more. Than the, or at least that's my experience. As as when I've been able to provide people with travel, and when I've been provided with travel, it's just worth more than the money I'm paid. It just, it just brings you into a whole different understanding of mm. what you do, and it keeps you interested that, on another level. So When yeah. I look
4: at a piece of cheese now, I can't just see a piece of cheese, no. I, or a glass of beer, or a glass of whatever you like. It's just because I've had too much contact with the people who produce those. It's things just a different and thing. it has so many layers of meaning you know you can when you open those
1: doors they're open they're open you're in that you're yeah. in that room and, and that's where you, you that's where be, you reside you
4: can be scientific or you can be sociological exactly, or be and all, exactly. Are, all valid and all fascinating Certainly. and all rich you know i think that's a wonderful yeah. thing yeah
5: and that's you know another thing another place where i get that kind of exposure Oh. I think we might have had a little bit
3: of a hiccup.
4: Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I but was really wanted to find out what she's going to I Me too, man. What I'm the, the edge of my seat. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Oh, no.
3: no. <laughs> well, you know, it's actually, um, we, we are just about out of time. Unfortunately, this always happens. You know, we start chatting and all of a sudden we're, the half hour has, has just flown by. But Chris, I wanted to ask you, um, can you tell our listeners where to find out more about your trips and what yeah, is your next absolutely. upcoming just trip?
4: Absolutely. Just go to www.cheesejourneys.com and everything should be there. And there's contact information there as well. Uh, we've got Instagram, Twitter, all that's up there as well. So you can check it out. <laughs> uh, we've got another trip planned for uh, U- the UK in the fall. And uh, we're looking to actually do some trips to Europe as well through uh, our contacts with Essex cheese and so forth. So Jura, Savoie, Alsace, uh, maybe Holland. You know, We've got lots of opportunities. So we're, yeah, we're exploring those at the moment. Ooh. But watch this space basically. Yeah.
3: Very, very exciting. And uh, to learn more about the um, Academy Opus Cassius, you can um, Google them. I'm not. Uh, I don't have their website right in front of me. But if you go to Academy Opus Cassius, uh, you can learn all about the different programs that uh, Sue and her team offers through Erve and Laurent Mons, uh, fabulous educators. Um, thank you guys so much for. Being with us and thank for you. the thank conversation. Well, I think hey. to say goodbye. Oh, hey. there Bye. you are. <laughs> you know, it's fine. We were just saying we are we're actually out of time, so it was not an an uh, opportune moment for the phone to go. But I did want to say goodbye to you. So thank you for
5: for calling back. <laughs> <Thanks so much.
4: laughs> All right. Well, thank Chris, you. So- I hope
5: we can meet in person sometime. I'd
4: love to. I'm sorry I missed you last summer. I I, I hope to meet you very soon. That'd be great.
5: Yeah. Will you be at Will you be at uh, Fancy Food?
4: Uh. You know what? I'm going to make sure I'm this time. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's air conditioned. It's, it's air conditioned in there, so I like it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's true. Well, thank you both for sharing, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Cutting the Curd. Thanks,
5: Anne. Keep up the great work. Thanks.